Welcome to the Adoree Podcast for the week of March 29th. Tonight's episode, we're going to review The Last Jedi Blu-ray. We're going to re- review the latest Smuggler's Bounty Box from Funko. And, of course, we're going to break down some of the latest Star Wars news that hit has hit the net in the last week or so. But before we get started, introductions are in order. And I'll start first, since I'm the most important. My name is Ashley Starkiller Wilbanks. And with me, as always, Austin E. Gordy. I thought you were going to say, like, Austin Tito Gordy. <laughs> I could have said Tito. I could have huh? said Tito. I could have said Tito. You could have. I could have, but I didn't. But I didn't. So, man, we hadn't talked in a while. How's your, how's life been? Oh, man, it's been good. Weeks? Just um, busy. I mean, it's it's been uh, just work. Gearing up, you know, we're just changes in the company, so we're we're getting a little bit busier. And but I've been trying to, you know, just trying to nerd out as much as I can. So I've been reading a lot of Star Wars and trying to catch up. And of course, this week was was the oh week because we got our new Blu-ray release, which I was so happy about. So oh, you're good. just now getting to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, Mister Mister. Oh, I bought mine digitally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was I was yeah. fighting it, dude. I was like, there were there were moments where I'm just sitting there, like it usually is like late at night. I'm sitting there watching TV, and I'm like, man, I think I'm just gonna spend the twenty dollars and go ahead and get Last Jedi and watch it, and then buy it on Blu-ray. Blah blah blah. <laughs> I mean, it was just like dumb. Yeah. Like I'm sitting there trying to talk myself down. Like you don't, you don't need it right now. It's okay. You just read the book. You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I ended up holding out. Hmm. Well, that's good. I mean, you showed willpower. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I totally didn't. Um. So, uh, we'll. T- I guess we'll talk about the Blu-ray. You you'll have to tell me all about the Blu-ray and how nice it looks. Do you have a 4K TV? I don't. I don't. Oh, okay. But it's a funny okay. funny story about that though. No, what? I mean basically it was just, you know, when I bought the uh I went to the store. I guess I can go ahead and tell the story like I went I went to um I I bet everybody's listening like oh god, how, you know, like they can't wait to hear the ending of the story and Spoiler alert, it's nothing exciting. It's just I thought it was amusing that I spent extra money. So it's like I go to the store that morning. I actually got up super early. I got up at like 7.30 so I could be at Target at 8 o'clock when they open. And, of course, I'm the first one in there. I'm wearing a a Star Wars T-shirt. And I'm not doing it because I'm like, it's Star Wars Day. Like It's just my wardrobe. And somebody even said something to me in there. She's like... She's like, oh, you're wearing the T-shirt, and I'm like, I'm like, ma'am, I'm like, this is just life. It's okay. It's just life. But, uh, but no, I'm the first person to walk in the store. They had the display already up with the with the movie, so I grabbed the Target exclusive Blu-ray, and I also grabbed a copy in 4K, so that when I do have the 4K TV, as you suggest, as you asked, I'll mm-hmm. have that option as well. And plus, I just like uh. the cover. I love the I love the cover for the blue for the regular Blu-ray in 4K. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I just wanted to go ahead and just get a jump start on it and just yeah, get the 4K version. You're future proofing. I understand. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, pretty much. I did that with Justice League. <laughs> yeah, future proofed. I haven't I haven't purchased the Blu-ray yet for the Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, shame, I'm shame. gonna try to wait hold hold out for a sale, but you know I doubt that's gonna happen. But <laughs> 
Where I, you know, you know, I I don't even have Rogue One on Blu-ray. Yeah, which I mean, that one is so weird how that one like came and went so quick. But you know, I th- I'm sure we've talked about this before. It's just so weird to like that Rogue One when it came out had a really good physical release. Like the Target got the best deal, of course. Like if you go to Target, you would get the the big. It was like a big thick Blu-ray case with interchangeable covers, and and you got the 3D copy and all that. And that was really the only way to get the 3D version of Rogue One. So I didn't realize that at the time, but I bought it and. Um, uh, I think I picked up a regular copy for a for a co- for one of my fiance's coworkers. They needed a copy, so I had to grab them one. But um, but yeah, it's just so weird that those retail exclusives like they're re- very limited. So like now those like you go online and those things go for like like Rogue One probably goes for upwards of a hundred bucks for the Target yeah. exclusive. And so for I kind of kick myself yeah. for not buying two copies of it because God, I could have made my money back plus some, you know, plus double. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I I was purposely holding out so I could get the 3D version from Target. And I don't have a Target near me, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to hold out, wait, this thing's going to go on sale. Uh, right. Nope, it never happened. <laughs> so I'm just kind of stuck unless I want to go buy a regular Blu-ray copy, which I probably will eventually. Right. Or, or, or I hadn't had it in a year, so I might just hold out until they release a 4K version. Right. Which is you so know, weird. Um, I'm sure they'll go back and do it. But, but yeah, it's, it's, that was another thing too about the 4K version of, of The Last Jedi. I'm like, this is the first 4K Star Wars movie. So I'm like, I, I don't know. Just something told me, like, just go ahead and get a copy. So, so yeah, I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. Well, well while we're talking about it, why don't we just dive right into our, to our review of the digital slash blu-ray slash 4k release of the last jedi um which like you said the blu-ray came out this past tuesday i purchased mine <laughs> oh gosh it's been so long ago i don't even remember because i ordered digital <laughs> you bought it like oh. the night it premiered in theaters you went ahead and pre-ordered the, the digital version i did <laughs> no oh, um it came out a couple of weeks ago or so march 13th mm, something, something like that yeah something along those lines um and you know, I still have you watched the movie yet? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm this weird. is what I I'm, I'm like my my OCD with stuff like that kicks in, and it's like I've got to yeah. watch the movie first, and then I'll watch the special features and all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> but like it's a, it's a whole thing, man. It's it's like if I go out of order, I start like turn I turn into like Raymond from Rain Man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh god. You know? Well, no, I. I watched some of the movie. I, okay, so I put it on. I started watching. I watched about twenty minutes of it, and then I was like, "Okay, I gotta go do this or that or or whatever." And then uh, I cut it on again later, a couple of days later. Watched a little bit of this, but the main thing that I did was I went straight to Luke Dunn, and I and I watched that a couple of times. Right. And man, and man, you know what? Just I don't even have to watch the whole movie. I can just watch from. The time he walks in that cave, yeah, till till the end of the movie, and it, it's so freaking emotional to me. I don't know why it's so emotional to me now. Right. It's like worse, you know. The first time I saw the movie, I was stunned and more in shock, and didn't really know how to take it. What I just saw, and each time after, I just get more and more like emotional. I'm mean, like, that's my Luke Skywalker. Oh gosh, you know. Right. And I just start start bawling, and I don't know what it is. And I guess I'm getting older, and 
and uh, my uh, hormones are all out of whack or something. I don't know. But uh, so that's how I watched it. Uh, so you said you've seen the Blu-ray. So mm-hmm. does it look really, really nice on your TV? Well, I've seen the Blu-ray copy and it looks really, really good. I mean, you know, I mean, I think the even the you know like Rogue One and the Force Awakens they they real good Blu-ray releases. I mean, they all look great. Um, this one, you know, you just really, especially getting to watch it at home, you know, on my big screen and, and, uh, just getting to take in all the colors of this movie. Like I love, like, like God, you know, people can say what they want about the movie, you know, either they love it or hate it. But one thing you cannot deny is the cinematography for this movie. And just the look of this movie, it looks incredible. Like, I mean, the, especially when you, by the time you get to crate, and and the final battle, you know, between like when Luke and and Kylo face off, it's mm-hmm. ju- to me, it's just one of the greatest looking sequences and scenes. Got probably since I mean, if you really think about it, like I thought, in my opinion, and even going back and looking at it now, you know, for it to be a, you know, it was half film. It really wasn't. It, we hadn't hit that digital age yet. It was, you know, because Attack of the Clones is when George Lucas was trying to like prove to Hollywood that that digital was the future. So it was all yeah. digital. But if you go back mm-hmm. and watch the the, for, the Phantom Menace, it really like the movie just looks great. You, you, even for that one, you can say what you want, but the cinematography looked great. But the Duel of the Fates, especially the the you know like some of the pan and sh- you know the shots of like mm-hmm. the you know the kind of wide shots of the battle. You know when they're in the they're in the uh, feed generator room or whatever you want to call it. Yep. And mm-hmm. uh, just those shots, I mean, they look really, really good. So like this, this movie, just getting to see it and see like, I don't know, just everything popping. It just looks so good. Like the white and red, you know, the, mm-hmm. just the, the carnage that's kind of surrounding the battlefield here. And you see Luke kind of standing in the middle of it. This, this, you know, this focused calm center, you know, it's I don't know like it just all of it just looks so good and the throne room scene looked phenomenal again I mean uh, yeah it, the Blu-ray just looked amazing and I hear that the 4K looks even better like I hear the 4K is like insanely good and but the and the, and the other big difference is this is the first time they actually used the new Dolby Atmos for mm-hmm. the 4K but that was the only downside I thought to the Blu-ray release was the fact that they didn't put the Dolby Atmos on the Blu-ray only on the 4K. So that was a little disappointing, but you know, it's not, I think you, unless you had the equipment, it's not going to make much of a difference to you. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's just, I, I thought that was a weird choice. Cause I mean, you have Blu-ray coming out now that they all, if, if they have the option, they, a lot of them are taking the, the Dolby Atmos approach now. So hmm. not sure what the, why the decision was for that. Yeah. That's a, that's a little weird, but I, I guess the, maybe it has something to do with, I don't know, encoding or something. I I mean, I'm just throwing crap out there to see if it sticks. I don't I don't know why. Um, so I'm I'm assuming the 4K is on a separate disc than the Blu-ray. Right, right, yeah. And you know, I don't know. It's just they. I, I don't know. I, I guess it's probably just the way you know the way Disney thinks. If you look at them, they they've really just even based off their old blue, their older Blu-ray releases, you know, just when they re-release like a movie, if it's a, you know, like when they did Dick Tracy, it was a what 25th anniversary or 20th anniversary release. And they just, they put it out and it's like no special features, same for Rocketeer or things like that. Disney's not, 
they're not just throwing money at everything. So they probably, it was kind of like, you know, 4K is the, the new release for this. And we're just going to, we're going to focus on having all the, the bells and whistles on the 4K. And then the Blu-ray will just kind of treat it like we do everything else. We're not going to, we're not going to, I guess if it, I, I'm assuming it has some cost. So they're probably like, oh, we're not going to spend the extra money on Atmos because it yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> we don't care. Nobody else cares. Just a few. There's only a vocal few that do. So blah, blah, blah. Yeah, video, video files who spend yeah. the money to have that equipment in their house. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. yeah, but yeah. Other than that, man, I, the 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 biggest thing I can say for the release is that you know I love the fact that that this is continuing that tradition because you know that's another thing about Disney is they they're kind of you know they they just don't focus on supplementals as much. I mean, they'll like with the Marvel movies. Some of them they'll you know they'll give them like a little bit of behind the scenes stuff, but for the most mm. part it's either it's plugging like a, a future movie or they'll have like the little Marvel shorts on it or something like that, and then that's it you know. But um, with the Force Awakens, they did a good job of of giving you a good bit of supplemental material. Um, with the that documentary on that one being it was like like hour and ten or something like that, hour and fifteen, yeah, roughly, and uh, and then you had your other the other extra tidbits. And stuff like that, kind of rounded out to be about two hours of material. But with mm. this, with this release, I mean, they add this documentary that was filmed called "The Director and the Jedi." Oh my gosh! And yes. I'm like, it's it's just its own movie. It is so good. It is so yeah. good. Now it's not like Peter Jackson's "The Lord of the Rings" appendices good. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not that kind of behind the scenes it's kind mm-hmm. of more of getting into the headspace of ryan johnson as he is shooting the movie so you only mm-hmm. start in the in the you know like basically on the first day of shooting is where you pretty much start all the way through to to the the last the last shot the, when they wrap the movie so you don't get all the you know the story ideas bleeding up and you don't get you know previs, you know, all that kind of stuff, you, you know, and you don't get the editing portions afterwards or the premiere footage or anything like that. You just, you kind of just get the, the basic shooting schedule of the movie, but this it's because we're kind of following this. Basically they're following the whole arc of Ryan and Mark Hamill and how they worked and their dynamic, because they established in the documentary that, that, you know, Mark Hamill, you know, vehemently, you know, disagreed with everything. I know we've we've seen this over and over and over in the press, but mm-hmm. you know, he disagreed with the the direction that he was taking Luke Skywalker in this movie. And that kind of sets the tone for the for the movie, but you know, it's kind of like it doesn't try to defend. Like it doesn't try to like just well this is how Mark is wrong and then you know, it takes you on a journey. It's like, you know, we just know that these two people had different ideas for how the character should be but since ryan johnson's the boss he's the one leading the charge that mark gave him the respect to to do you know basically portray it the way he was he was wanting him to do it but do it to the best of his ability and i'm pretty sure that he's probably changed by the end of it they don't tell you that he doesn't say i'm sure he still in his mind wishes that it was different but at the same time i feel like they really showed how much mark brought to the character it yeah. was it was just insane. Like some of the shots. I mean, there's we can get into that too. But man, like I mean, what did you think of the documentary, dude? I you know, when I watched it, dude, I thought it was more. And and I think I texted this to you too when I was watching it. I thought this thing was more emotional than 
any other document Star Wars documentary that I've ever seen. There's I, I mean there's parts in it where I actually teared up. Right. Um especially talking about Carrie Fisher, man. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Gosh. And and you can see, you know, I, I debated why didn't they just go ahead and kill her in that scene? Right. When she flew out the, you know, when the first order blew up the the uh bridge of that uh ship. Right. And she flew out in space and through the course of this documentary, you understand why, because add Carrie Fisher's untimely demise to, to this equation. And mm-hmm. you can see that there was probably the most, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I keep, I keep wanting to go to the well with this emotional, but there's this emotional scene there where Luke, you know, meets uh leia again kisses her on the forehead Mm -hmm. and it means so much more than what it did when they first filmed it just because of it's like it's luke skywalker saying goodbye to princess leia of course but also is mark hamill saying goodbye to carrie fisher and is caught on film forever you know and not only that it feels like it's a hello and a goodbye so it's to me that's even more heartbreaking it's like it's like I've been gone for so long, but here I am. I'm I'm back, to, yeah. You know, to, to to say goodbye, and it's it's yeah. It whew. and and you just them performing it was super emotional. I mean, you see them like like they you can tell they did the first take, and the I, I'm bet, I think this was the first take. Carrie Fisher was pretty much like just barely holding it together, you know, because she mm-hmm. was crying you know while she's delivering her lines and you're mm-hmm. like yeah that they had to do another take because in the movie it wasn't quite it was there was it was heavy in the movie but it was it was a little more composed but in the mm-hmm. shot like in the first take i love that i love how ryan just let them just let them get it out of their system so it's just so so emotional in that moment by the time oh, you see when mark kisses her on the forehead it's like he they just, they kind of just had to snap out of it. Like it was just in cut and they were, you could see them just both go, Oh, you know, like it was yeah, so and, heavy. And I don't know if they said this in the documentary or I heard it the other day, but the kiss wasn't even in the script. Mark. Yeah. I think they that. were, yeah, that was, that was, uh, I think ad libbed. I know like her, you know, her little thing where she's like, you know, I changed my hair line was mm-hmm. ad libbed and things like that. Yeah. But, uh, um, and, Speaking of it's something else that I noticed is <clears throat> the and I you know I guess I've seen this in other Star Wars documentaries, but you don't get the feeling of it like you do in this documentary is the amount of work that actually goes into one of these films. Right. I mean the literal just from scheduling to building sets to to all of it, it is just a crap ton of work, and the amount of emotion that that these actors put into their job mm. there was there was the one scene where um it, it, in the movie it's a flashback luke's looking out at the burning temple and he puts oh, his hand yeah. on r2 yeah i was gonna bring Dude. that up too yeah, yeah. and they and they said cut on that and you could see mark hamill go to his knees with his head down like just sobbing 
Yeah, like they I just mean, had to give him a moment. They had to just just yeah. walk away and leave it. Just let him let him get it out. Like he was, yeah. That like that was another thing. Watching this documentary, it's almost like God. You know, I was kind of I was kind of disappointed that that besides like the technical stuff, you know, Star Wars: the Last Jedi, I didn't really get any Oscar nods. You know, like any mm-hmm. uh, nominations or anything like that for for acting. But it's like now that that documentary came out, I wouldn't be surprised if, good God, like, what if Mark Hamill won an award for the documentary, <laughs> like best Dude. best actor in a documentary series or something? I mean, it's it was just you saw how much he put into it. I mean, and I thought, you know, even when I first watched the movie, I just felt like, you know, I couldn't get enough of Luke Skywalker because Mark fell back into that character so easily but at the same Mm -hmm. time he actually you know with him be and that's another thing is you know he he disagreed with this and i know a lot of the fans disagree with this but i i really enjoyed the the um the broken jedi master you know what i'm saying like that angle it to Mm -hmm. me it's more real it you know i mean you know, he, he was, he already had the world on his shoulders. You know, the galaxy was dependent on him. He, he had to stand up and be a hero. And you saw his hero arc and he, you know, he finally saves the day at the end. You know, he, he conquers evil. He saves his father and, you know, allows him to be redeemed. But it all came at a cost. You know, I mean, it was, that was a big undertaking. And so, you know, you, I'm sure we'll have a lot more coming out of this, but, you know, you know, there was a, I mean, he let, let, he lived a lot of life after that, you know, and then basically starting up a Jedi Academy and then having his own blood, like his, his own nephew destroy that for him. And the yeah. fact that not only that, but he's failed his students and failed Ben. It's like, mm-hmm. of course he would be broken. Yeah. He would be, I mean, he, it would demolish anybody. I mean, but to see, you know, I, I really enjoyed that story, and and Mark Hamill to me, I felt like even though he may have disagreed with that angle, he really, really honed in on that. Like he really brought that feeling that that was that was asked of him. Like you know, he he did it so well that I mean, really, if I if it was up to me, this movie would have been like ninety percent like Luke and Ray, and maybe just ten mm-hmm. percent some of the stuff with the first order and the, and the resistance because it yeah. was just such eye candy. It was such good, like just, just a good movie, you know, so good, good filming that I just, that's all I wanted to see was, was, you know, hearing his story and, and, and seeing his, you know, where his head at and then watching him train Ray and seeing Ray kind of try to figure stuff out. I mean, it just, it was so so well done in the movie. So say what I mean. People can say what they want. You know, if they're I know there there's disappointment with the movie. I mean, even when I first watched it, I was disappointed in in certain aspects because you know I didn't get what I wanted. But that doesn't mean that a movie's bad when you don't get what you want because you know sometimes if you look at it, you know you didn't get what you wanted, but maybe you got what was needed or what you deserved. And it was to me the movie delivered in a lot of ways. I mean. And, and and that was a to me that was a big part. It was just the fact that we got to see this character, you know, be broken down and then redeems himself in the end. But getting to see that that journey in that documentary was just insane. Like how much emotion mm-hmm. Mark Hamill put into this, and mm-hmm. to still be a good as good of a person that he comes off as, it's just man. <laughs> I you know hats off to the guy. The dude the dude really to be someone that's not been in movies in a long time. He really carried this movie. 
Yeah. And and to piggyback a little bit on what you just said, I still say that The Last Jedi, the impact that it has and how good it is will not be fully understood until that third movie comes out and we get to digest it for a while. Because I'm sure that J.J. Abrams will will probably, you know, I mean, I'm sure that, I I don't know, I've always enjoyed Abrams' um, filmmaking. I've I've always loved how his movies, I mean, they all always look good. They're Mm -hmm. always, you know, fun to watch. And, you know, when they have their emotional moments, they're really good. I mean, just watching, if you go and watch Super 8, that movie was was really, really good. You know, there was a lot of emotional weight in that. And um, I just feel like he he can really compliment someone like that. Like he can, and especially when he has to come into a franchise, like when he took over the Mission Impossible movies, he was able to really, you know, he was able to really take what came before and enhance that in certain ways and bring out the yeah. best in all of it. So I feel like he's, you know, he he started the ride and then somebody took that and, and kind of, you know, Ryan Johnson kind of takes it in a, in a new direction. Maybe it wasn't where Abrams was particularly going at that time, but I'm sure that his his response is probably going to be it's probably going to be really good. And yeah, you, like you said, it's probably it's probably going to really allow people to appreciate the Last Jedi even more. Yeah, mm-hmm. or it may not. It may suck, <laughs> but <laughs> I have hopes that it'll be it'll be good. You know because. You know, I, I just I have that kind of faith in him, and um, and yeah, I, I just think that once you have the whole picture, because that's another thing is people people uh, tend to you know not think about this, but you know this is just the this is kind of the second movement of a trilogy, so you know mm-hmm. it, it's always difficult to have that bridge because you know the beginning is anything goes, and the ending is kind of you know. That's what we've been building to, and a lot of times it's a big spectacle. But that middle part is always tricky. You know, Empire Strikes Back was able to really bring it and really make that a great uh, entry. It was able to really bridge the, that gap. But um, maybe Attack of the Clones, not so much. But I don't know. I feel like The Last Jedi really was a game changer in the way that it, it shook up the franchise and really... Um, I mean, it really avoided, I mean, it, it, I guess I'm trying to find the right words for it. I mean, it really, because I don't think exceed is the right word, but mm-hmm. it really blew away a lot of people's expectations because it, it really puts you, you know, I mean, cause either you, you didn't, I mean, of course, like I think most people did not get what they were expecting at all. And I yeah. feel like it was in a good way. It wasn't like, oh man, this was, you know, this was piss poor writing or something like that. It yeah. just was simply different. It was just simply, you know, just somebody really wanting to to take a chance and take a risk. It wasn't lazy. It wasn't anything like that. It was like, I feel that this is where it should go, and I'm just going to put my neck out there. And and I appreciate that. You know, I really do. I mean, you know, yeah, I would have loved to have seen Luke Skywalker just running through, just just demolishing everybody. You know, green lightsaber swinging and just just destroying everything but at the same time you got to think in the bigger picture with if he came in and just wiped out everything and saved the day or you know even if he had to just save the the hero characters it kind of just you know it kind of puts him as the the main lead character and you kind of just it's kind of like him stepping on the toes of of the new generation it's like yeah you know his his place in all this is is 
different than what we wanted it to be. And it just, it makes sense in the, in the long pitch. And, you know, getting to go back and watch this on Blu-ray and I'm, I mean, I'm going to watch this over and over and over <laughs> obviously, yeah. but you really, I mean, I hope that people will give it a chance and really try to think about it. Like you said, you know, in that perspective that, you know, they probably won't we be able to appreciate it until we see the final movie. Yeah. And, and hopefully they do bring Mark back for ghost. Yeah. Jedi. Yeah, I mean, if they bring, I, you know, I mean, the greed, the you know, the the greedy part of me, the selfish part of me, hopes they bring him back, and I, you know, and it, it wouldn't hurt my feelings that they if they brought him back, like JJ brings him back for a major role, and you know, he's not just some simple force ghost that he's actually a major player in the next movie. Yeah. But I also don't want. I feel like that would also kind of be stepping on Ryan Johnson's toes, and it's kind of like. You know, it's kind of like almost trying to make him look bad. You know, like, oh, well, you know, I feel that your decision and, to kill him off was wrong, so I'm going to bring him back. Neener, neener, neener. <laughs> that sort yeah. of thing, like, and find a loophole. Because I feel like that'll negate the the impact that... And then you'd... Ha- I mean, you'd basically have to kill him off again. Exactly. And I don't exactly. think you're going to kill yeah, him yeah. off twice, you know? Right, exactly. Unless, you know, like, because I feel like if they do that, if they do bring him back then they can't kill him off again. Like it would have to be a, you know, him passing the torch and just leaving, like just, you know, kind of going in his own, his own path away from everything. Like basically like maybe, you know, something where he understands that, that maybe he, he needs to step away. Like he can't be the one to, to save everybody or to, to carry on the, the Jedi religion carry on that path and mm-hmm. um he has to just go away you know and so we we he doesn't die but maybe he just he's just gone like he hops into a x-wing or a whatever maybe he even takes the millennium falcon and yeah. heck maybe even him and chewy kind of pass it off since leia won't be in the next one maybe maybe him and chewy and they they just kind of give a nod you know, I mean, it, it wouldn't even hurt to bring the droids with him and uh, just say, you know, leave you to it, you know, love you, best of luck, and then they take off into the unknown, you know. With with Lando Calrissian coming back. <laughs> and Lando just comes up behind him and the lady luck, like, wait, wait. <laughs> hey, but, this uh, is my ship again. Yeah, yeah. That would be pretty funny. Now, that would that would be funny if that that's how we lose the Millennium Falcon again as Lando comes in, and, you know, he's like he's got his retirement money and he <laughs> and he wins he wins the Falcon or something, you know. But oh, um gosh. Yeah, that would be funny. Mm. Ray will be like, funny uh, story, I just lost the ship to a dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. But yeah. So, but you know, I know so, that's kind of we're steered away from the Blu ray, but yeah, I, I feel like the 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 documentary was very powerful on this one. So, yeah, and plus it, it was being longer than the last one. I mean, I, I thought that was another thing. I will say I was confused that I heard because they air, they, they, uh, previewed this documentary. I think it's South by Southwest. And I thought yeah. it was reported that the, the thing was like two, two hours and 15 minutes, but the, the version we get on the Blu-ray is an hour and a half. So, hmm. hmm. I wonder, yeah, I wonder I don't if know it was just that. wrong or if, they had to cut. They cut it down in some way. I don't know. Because if they did, I would love to see the two and a half hour version. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I can't get enough of it. I can't. Um, did you watch the music only version? No, no, not yet. Yeah, I hadn't done that yet either. So I can't really 
talk about that. Um, there's several little featurettes on the, on the disc too. And I haven't been through nearly enough of them. Uh, I did see the one, there was one with, uh, that focused on Canto Bite, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There was one where they, they talk about just like all the, the different people and like, you know, just them designing the, the look, you know, and the colors of Canto Bite and all that, you know, it was pretty neat. I mean, I thought the, um. I don't know, I thought the little vignettes vignettes were really cool. I mean, they they um pretty much were an extension of of the uh the documentary because you know, like I said, the documentary was more about the shooting and and get it, you know, seeing mm-hmm. like basically how Ryan was able to to you know, really take this movie like, you know, be the leader and drive this movie home. I mean, it's it's got to be tough mm-hmm. for somebody who's, you know, probably more used to smaller films, you know, and, and then him having to step in and, and I mean, this is a huge movie, huge. So it's like to see him carry that was, I I thought that was another thing that the documentary did very well was they showed how he was, he was, he kept a cool head. You know what I'm saying? He, I mean, maybe, maybe there's footage that we, we are, you know, they didn't want to show us where he's just flipping out and throwing stuff and, yeah, but even even I think it was Boyega on the documentary talking about how the guy just never would get angry or like scream at anybody or do anything like that. I mean, he was just a really cool, you know, level headed person throughout the whole shoot. And 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 I guarantee you that's why Kathleen Kennedy said, "Oh, hey, let's make more Star Wars with you," and that's why he got his own three picture deal, you know, right. or however or however many pic- movies it will be. But uh, I, you just get this sense of cool, calm, collected, in control kind of kind of guy, and that everybody on set loved him and would do whatever they that, that he asked, you know. Right. And uh, you you can't beat that. And I, I applaud Ryan Johnson. Yeah, yeah, give him the golf clap. Yep. Oh, and I think to answer your your question about Canto Bite, I don't think in the in the the little scene breakdowns. I don't think they, they focus on that at all in those. I know there was a deleted scene where they, they focus on the costumes and creatures of Canto Bite. That's um, probably what I'm I, thinking about. Yeah. But I do know that in the, like in the documentary, they kind of talk about it a little bit, but now um, I, I'm getting confused now because of the documentary might be merging with something else in my mind. Right. But I thought there was like a little scene with a bunch of extras coming in to get fitted for Canto Bite costumes. Yeah, I think that was I think that was in the director in the Jedi, I believe, because you because oh, I think okay. one of them. Remember, he wanders over <laughs> just so he could meet Mark Hamill. I thought that oh, was yeah. so funny. I'm like, yeah. this dude is is like basically not afraid to lose his job because a lot of people probably like that kind of that kind of action usually gets you thrown off a set. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Mark ha- handled it so well, like he was he was so cool about it because the guy just oh, yeah. wanted to meet him, you know, just wanted to shake his hand. He didn't try to like get a selfie or get an autograph. He just wanted to shake the dude's hand and tell him, you know, that you're important to me, that I- I've loved you since I was a kid. And then yeah. he was like, because he kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm going to go back now to where I belong. <laughs> and I'm like, and Mark was like, here, let me walk you over there. Yeah, let you me walk see. you over there. I thought that was so sweet. I mean, it was just, you know, I, 
I don't know. Like that, that would be like if I was in the, that kind of situation. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to be braggy, but man, if I, like if I was that kind of a person and somebody was trying to show their appreciation to me, I would just be one of those guys, man. I, I just would have to interact. I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, be like, okay, go away, please. Or, you know, can I have some security here? You know, as I mean, of course mm-hmm. you realistically have to have, you can't just be accessible all the time. I mean, you just literally, I mean, you just realistically can't, but at the same time, I love the fact that you can show appreciation to your fans. And Mark Hamill has always been like that kind of guy. Like he just seems so fun, you know? Yeah. And of course you'll be that way, Austin. Quit, quit bragging on yourself. Jeez, I'm sorry. Not very I, becoming. I know it was braggy and I apologize. Uh, but no, overall, man, I, I mean, this is, been worth every cent that I paid for the digital download all $19 or $24, (laughs) whatever it was. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, the, the documentary itself is worth the price Mm -hmm. of the, of the, uh, Blu-ray. Right. Or the digital download. I, I will say the only, the only downside, the only thing I thought was not, it didn't live up to my expectations was I thought that the deleted scenes would, be juicier, uh-huh. but to be honest yeah. with you, I really wasn't like they they were okay. Like I did like the the added sequence of um, especially the big one that came from the book. You know where they uh, where Ray goes and she tries to save the caretakers, thinking that they're about to get you know oh, yeah get, that, yeah she's about to get um, they're about to get raided. You know, but um, mm-hmm. I you know at the same time I kind of I see where where. It, it wasn't needed, but also I felt like that scene with her and Luke where he, I don't know, it, it, to me, it didn't work. I didn't like it. I would have, I would have definitely cut it or gone back and reshot it because his reaction to her, like the excuse he gave, I mean, it was just kind of a silly, a silly way of trying to explain that he was joking with her. I just thought it was, I, I didn't buy it. I'm, I was like, thank God they kind of cut that out because it just didn't work. Well, you know, he was half joking with her, I think. But he was. But I'm saying in the, I'm saying if you go, if, if did you watch the deleted scene? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just felt like he didn't portray. He didn't. He didn't do a good job of portraying that. Like he didn't. The delivery was off. I would have. I would have reshot it. If anything, I would have just been like, yeah. let's try to let's try to give a new reaction where you honestly try to show that you were you were trying to joke with her, but before you could explain yourself, she had already left. You know, it just didn't come off as good. So I yeah. feel like that was probably another factor for why he cut that out. I, I mean, maybe but no, not, but I just felt like it. It just it felt like it. It something was wasn't right in the delivery there. Yeah, I, I mean, I, if it were me, I wouldn't have made it a joke. It would have been a learning lesson because he's trying to teach her that, you know, no matter what happens to the. I mean, it doesn't matter what happens to, the, to these people. Yes, you can save them today, but you can't save them tomorrow. Right. And also you can't just run off and just do, you know, just, just, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like follow your gut or your follow, you know, like react to your emotions. You just can't do yeah. it because it was sort of like an example of, of what he did on, you know, Bespin. So, so yeah, I get you. I mean, yeah, if anything, if not make it a joke, you know, show the, cause, cause I mean, I feel like the delivery of, of, you know, like, you know, like, oh, well, you know, I can't, I can't remember exactly what he says to her. You know, he laughs it off at first. To me, that was the the rough part. But then yeah. the follow, like then when he's he's explaining to her, you know why, you know this is this is why the you know the Jedi need to go away. It was because of this particular principle or whatever. That yeah. was that worked. Like I felt like that that part worked, but the but the jokey part of it didn't work. 
So well, it's yeah, kind to of a me, mixed he, bag. Yeah, but it was kind of an important scene to me because it's it basically said, "This is why I'm here," um, because I I'm Luke Skywalker. I can't be everywhere to save everybody. You know. No, I, and, I totally get you. I mean, this and that pressure. I, I feel like the scene could have stayed. But the, like I said, it's more. It's not even the. It's not just the way it's written or the scene. It's more of just the delivery, like the way he gave that 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 portion of the scene. Just just the dialogue. I mean, if he had, like I said, I would have just had him reshoot it, maybe do an mm-hmm. alternate take of what he says to kind of change the tone or at least the 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 jokier, lighter part of it. Maybe change the wording of it. It just didn't. Yeah. It didn't work. It didn't feel good. Like I, I just didn't feel like it fit for whatever reason. Yeah. It fell off. So. And and let me change deleted scenes here on you. Two, the the one with Phasma, I really like between uh, Finn and Phasma. Yeah, and I can yeah, yeah. see why they changed it. Yeah, and and they changed it to because he he kind of put JJ in a corner if he kept that scene in there. As far as Phasma goes, why? Because the the other troopers know exactly what she did. To Starkiller base at that point. Mm-hmm. Well, even though they killed them all. Two, she loses her hand. And three, she dies. The way they f- they did it in the movie, it's up in the air as to whether she died or not. Right. It's, uh, yeah, I think I like the version in the movie better. Um, mm-hmm. The deleted scene was a little bit rougher with, like you said, you know, all the stuff that kind of unfolds. I mean, I like the twist that she tried to cover it up again. And here's another yeah. thing is that you can tell that that was probably the idea. Like that was what they were going to keep in. And that's why they pushed the whole Phasma agenda with the, with the comics series that led up, you know, the Phasma comic yeah. series that led up to it and the book kind of giving you a yep. personality. So I felt like the people that were behind that, like the people that were coming up with those stories, you know, um, to lead up to that, I felt like they were robbed a little bit, you know. I, if it was me, like if I had, if I had been like, um, uh, you know, Delilah, or I mm-hmm. can't remember who wrote the the comic series for her, I would have been like, oh man, dang, you know, because because you know that was their job was to flesh that that part of the character out to kind of give yeah. you the lead into the movie, and then they just kind of throw that away <laughs> in the movie. But that's yeah. just the way it is, man. I mean, it, you know, it can't always be static. It can't can't be concrete, you know. And I get it. It just didn't work. So I do like the version in the movie better. Yeah. Um, let's just, let's wrap up this uh, Blu-ray talk so we can get to the, the next thing on the list. The, juice, but, the juicy. Yeah. Uh, so if you haven't bought it yet, what are you waiting for? Go out, buy it. Uh, the documentary alone enhances your viewing of The Last Jedi immensely. And... And it's something that if you're a Star Wars fan, you have to see. I mean, you actually have to see uh, the director and the Jedi. It's, it's outstanding, outstanding uh, documentary. Uh, any thought? Last thoughts on on the Blu-ray? Yeah, I mean, it's I just the ditto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so let's switch uh, switch up what we're doing here, and let's go to a review. Uh, Funko sent us both the new Smuggler's Bounty box, and this time it was an indoor theme box. So, like every time when we review these boxes, I'll take one, you take one kind of thing. Okay? Sound sure. good to you? Sure. Sure. Okay. Um, you go first, me go first? 
I mean, I, I guess I'll start out. I mean, guess what? We got our patches back this time around. I was uh, really happy about that. Oh, crap. I hadn't even untaped mine yet. <laughs> and I but, bet you um, already have. But yeah, I, I bet was, you already know what's in the box, don't you? Oh, yeah. Such a loser. I am a loser. But hey, there is. I do have one surprise that we'll get to shortly. But um, right. but no, when you first open it up, I mean, it was kind of, it wasn't like like it was, you know, mine wasn't like taped to the box or anything like that. It was basically in the bottom, but you do get a patch this time, and it's it's got my beautiful friend Wicket um, with Indoor, yeah. and I was really happy about this. It's probably my favorite patch now, so, oh, so yeah, sweet. thank you, Funko, for bringing that back this time. Yep. Um, also, we have more socks. Yay! Yay. And they are in... Ooh. These are kind of cool socks too. They're they're very much indoor themed. Mm-hmm. They are blue like the night sky, and you get uh, at the t- at the tippy toes of the socks, you get like with the big satellite, uh, imperial satellite thingy on indoor. Um, I guess like the, pointing the up towards the Death the, Star, the yeah, shield. and up around your uh, calf muscle or wherever these end up at, you have uh, the Death Star in the sky. Oh, those are really neat. Those are really neat socks. Yeah, I, I'm digging these socks. I'll definitely. I hope I have a reason to wear them. I mean, they look like they should fit. Yep. Next. Um, I actually, I got this. There's a there's like a little tin in this that I haven't opened yet. Ah. Uh. And um, I I love the. I mean, I don't know what it is, but on the outside, I mean, it's basically like a tin can that's got like it's the forest. Uh, indoor scene here, the uh, forest um, Ewok village. You got that with Wicked, and there's a ch- uh, ATST Chicken Walker. It looks like he's mm-hmm. looks like he's sneaking up on Wicked. To be honest with you, with that foot placement, it's like he's tiptoeing towards him, and he's just kind of sitting there, <laughs> like you know, new chat, new chat. Didn't even see him, but um, yep. but yeah, it, I think it's pretty neat. But I don't even know what's in here. Do you think? I mean, you want to open them together and see what we get? Sure, yeah. let's do it. All right, well. I'm opening. Let's see. It'd be cool if it's like a million dollars. Like congratulations! <laughs> congratulations! You're the lucky winner of a million dollars. Now we just have to come up with the money. Uh oh. So, oh, so we got a black baggie on the inside, so it looks like contraband. Uh oh. Thanks for it the might week, be a million dollars Marco. worth of cocaine. <laughs> Ugh, oh sweet! Oh sweet! Yes, this is what I was wanting. Yeah, they gave us a. Um, I'm sure everybody was like, "God, he is southern." That's what I was wanting. <laughs> Fried chicken. Yeah, man. They we so we get a little mini wicket. Uh, key, it's like a keychain plush. I think they might call this a uh, plush mystery mini. Oh okay. Mystery mini plush. I think is what they see. Call I want to be a wicket plush. Oh, that is cool. And you get this cool tin, too, that I can use for for other Please. things. <laughs> I was going to say that, but I was like, no, nah, I better not. <laughs> you can hide your weed here. Yeah. Uh, is oh, is it bad that I was thinking the same thing you were thinking? Is that bad? <laughs> no, that just means we're brothers. <laughs> the, only, the only complaint I have about the plush is, good God, the tag on this dude is like as big as he is. Yeah, I know. It looks it's like a huge. squirrel tail. 
this huge. Oh, but yeah, and next sweet. up. And what's what's the big one? What's, what's our goodie in the bag? All right. So, as always, there is a pop in every box. And let me put this out of the way so I can stop making so much noise. And the pop this month is, or this box, is the Scout Trooper with Speeder Bike. So, it's another one of those uh, pop rides figures. Um, and this is kind of cool because we actually get the speeder bike, uh, with the scout trooper on it. Now, am I disappointed a little bit? Kinda, because I was hoping for more Ewok pops. Yeah. Right. I was kind of hoping it would be like the, which I guess you can get the, they've got the, was it a Walmart exclusive where you get like yeah. Wicked and all of them at, at Walmart? Well, like well, they released Wicked in the past, the single Wicked, oh, okay. but with the with the Walmart exclusive three pack, you get like Chief Chirpa, Low Gray, and Tebow. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Tebow, Chief Chirpa, and Low Gray. But um, this is kind of a cool Pop Rides figure, though. So you can you know display him by your Ewoks, make him look like he's running over your your Ewoks. I'm just surprised. I thought they had, they had already done the speeder bike at some point, but I think not. they've done like Leia and Luke on the speeder bike, but oh, not okay. the Scout Trooper. So, gotcha. Th- this is this will go with m- the other troopers that I, that I have. So, pretty good box for what I think is this the last box we're going to get from Smuggler's Bounty, or is there another? I don't know. I, I would think that they would at least get us maybe one more. Because I think the the they said they're stopping it what in September or something like that. I can't remember what the date was. I don't know. I I know. Um, as far as DC goes, I think the last Green Lantern box was was it for the DC stuff until it moves to another um, supplier. So I don't know about the Star Wars. There there may be another Star Wars box. I'm not sure. Well, we'll wait. Well, it, we'll says find they, out. it says there Funko will be discontinuing the subscription offering on September 15th, 2018. Hmm. Um, all in all, this is a pretty, pretty decent box. Um, I wasn't as hyped about the pop this time, but hey, you can't win them all. You can't win them all, and you still get a, a good quality piece in the box. Just not what I was expecting for an indoor box. I was hoping it was mainly Ewok theme throughout and while we did get the cool little plush mystery mini wicket and the socks and the patch eh, those are cool i just wish we had gotten pop ewoks or regular mystery mini ewoks that would have been really really cool uh, thoughts austin i mean I, I i enjoyed it i thought it was really cool i'm really happy now that i know that i've got a little plush wicket um Aww. the socks i'll definitely try to wear i love the the patch the scout trooper is really cool. Um, yeah, I thought this was a really cool box. Yeah, next time I see you, you better be using that little wicket as your keychain. Sure. Or have him attached to your belt loop next time I see him. See you. <laughs> I think that'll work better. I'm definitely doing that now. Yeah, that's that's definitely happening. Uh, yeah, we can thank Funko again. Uh, thanks, Funko, Mark Robin, for giving us this. Uh, giving us these boxes to review. Thank you so much. Um, you know what? I don't even think we have time for the news this week. Yeah. Cause we're hitting that. Yep. Yeah, we're hitting that, 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 uh, time limit. Um, 
So that we're probably going to have to wrap up for this week. But remember, uh, you can always find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Outer Rim News. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Outer Rim News. Same thing goes for Instagram, Outer Rim News. Um, you can also find us on the new social media platform, Vero. Yes, we're there too. And you can always hit us up over at our site, outerrimnews.com. That's HTTP, uh, no, HTTP colon slash slash outerrimnews.com. And also remember that the podcast isn't endorsed or supported by Disney or Lucasfilm. It's all for entertainment. So the names and sounds that we have are all copyright registered trademarks of Disney and their respective copyright holders. All right. All right, that's going to do it. Before we go, before we go, I do want to say that uh, EA released a new patch for Battlefront 2 um, that has totally revamped how you level up your players, your characters. It's a whole new system without the cards or without having to buy loot crates and stuff. You actually have to play to level up. Hmm. I was kind of mad, but I'm getting used to it. I'm getting used to it. And we get a Bespin board for uh, the Blast game type and uh, I want to say Strike, I believe. I can't remember the other one. Or Jetpack Cargo. I can't remember. I think it was. I, I know they did something new for the Jetpack Cargo. I'm hoping they, they give us a new level soon. Like I would love for at some point to get a new mission or two or something. You know, like a, Oh, for Iden. Yeah, for the yeah, story like mode. Campaign. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and you also uh, you have to play now, but a Rodian mask for your rebel uh, officer. It's available through playing. And uh, yep, Hoth Leia, Hoth Han, Hoth Luke, get on there, get at them, get them while you can, because it's uh, not long. Any last thoughts, Austin? Yeah, just you know, everybody, you know, run to your store, get get a copy of Last Jedi, have a good time. I heard that. All right, with that, thank you for listening to the Outer M News podcast. May the Force be with you. Peace.